Well, good morning, everybody. So good to have you with us uh, in the house today and also online. It's great that we can uh, gather again without restrictions, without restraints, and so it's just fantastic. So just say uh, great to see you to the person next to you, because maybe nobody else has said that to them today as well. Okay, all right, all right. Hey, just a reminder tonight, uh, we've got an hour of power service at 6 p.m., and then it'll be replayed at 7.30 online as well. So as we come to the Word of God this morning, I uh, just want us to pray. Father, we thank you for your presence here in this place. Uh, thank you as you took us around the communion table, and Lord, it was just a powerful presentation of what you've done for us. And Holy Spirit, as we come to your Word now, we don't want to hear just another message, but we want to hear your voice. Because we know, Holy Spirit, you've got something to say to each one of us, personally and individually. Lord, not just as a crowd, but as ones for whom you gave your life. So Holy Spirit, help us to hear your voice, to tune in, and to be receptive, to focus, to concentrate, to not get distracted by the many things that would seek to do that and cause us to miss what you might want to say to us today that can change and transform our lives forever. So we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here, and we just pray you'd continue with us uh, throughout this day, without this message we pray in Jesus' name. Well, those of you who've been following us recently, we're on the most exciting journey that I can remember in the 30-year history that I've been at Church Unlimited. There's some extraordinary things happening right now, and we are pursuing the person, the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit like we have never, ever done before. And one of the reasons we must do this is because of the phenomenal needs that I see among society, but also among God's people. I see the brokenness. I see the pain. I see the hurt, the disappointments. I see mental health issues. There's sickness. There's depression. There's defeat. There's despair. There's suicidal thoughts. The list goes on and on and on. And uh, I know that only God, by His power, can be the answer to many of those needs. And so we've got to restore God's power and His glory to the church. Let the church be what it was always called to be, a transformative force that can change society, can change history, that can shape the future of the world. We said recently that religion can reform you. Do this, do that, come to church, read your Bible, pray, but only the Holy Spirit can transform you. And we need the transforming power of God like we have, I don't believe, ever needed it before. So we're on this great pursuit. I feel like, I don't know if you watch the news, like the world is out of control. It feels like it's, I have the word, you know, the world is burning. It's, you know, there's uh, violence all over the place. Now there's protests, there's racism and riots and, you know, there's wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and pestilences and famines. I mean, it's a, it's a world out of control. And you and I know that the church is the hope of the world. We we are the answer, and we need to rise up and become the answer. We can't be bystanders watching on. We can't complain at the condition of the world because we are responsible to help shape the world. We help to bring change with the salt, with the light. So let's not throw stones out there. (laughs) Going to throw any stones, throw them at me. We'll take responsibility uh, because the church, we are in connection with the greatest power in the universe 
to bring the change and answer the needs of a broken society, of a broken world, and of broken lives. So we're going to run after this. We're going to chase it with everything God gives us, and hopefully we'll see the church rise to the position it's always meant to be. And we read in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 20, the kingdom of God is not word, not in word, but in power. I don't know about you, but I'm sick of words. <laughs> I've had enough words to last me for eternity probably, but I'm after the power. I've not had enough power to probably last me for a day. So we need to restore the power of God. And Acts 1 verse 8 says the kingdom of God is not just, uh, sorry, the, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you shall receive what? Power. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. And the good news is he is your helper. He's with you all the time. And we need to learn to engage more and more with the Holy Spirit and ask him to help us. So I want you right now, just under your breath, say, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to focus. Help me to hear your voice. Help me to have an encounter with you today. Help me to receive your healing power. Help me to be delivered from my brokenness today. Holy Spirit, help me. If you will say that on a regular basis, a hundred times a day, I will guarantee it will change your life forever because the Holy Spirit will begin to help you and he will begin to bring transformation in your heart and in your life. So I want to ask you a question. Um, how is your charge on your phone today. <laughs> it's a question we've been asking all the time. I'm down at 71% here. But the bigger question is this, how is your spiritual charge? How close are you to God today? I had a prophecy given to me many years ago, probably the most wonderful I was ever given, which said this, Tark, I've anointed you to connect people to the Holy Spirit. If you want a greater connection, if you want to improve your connection to the Holy Spirit, Hey, I'm sure many others can do it, but you're in the right place at the right time. As the months go by, the years go by, you're going to find your connection to the Holy Spirit is going to increase more and more. And we're going to show you step by step how to do that. We started that last week. So let's go to Ephesians 5, 18 to 20. That's our passage that we've been looking at. Very simple words here. Ephesians 5. What is, that? What is it? Ephesians. Yeah, it is. Let me get it right. 5, 18 to 20. Okay, here we go. 5, 18. Uh, that's why I can't find them in Luke. There you go, Ephesians 5, 18 to 20, help me, Holy Spirit. Okay, and do not be drunk with wine, and which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. How? Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The meaning of be filled with the Spirit is be continually filled. Everyone say continually because this is the key that we're going to have to learn in the coming weeks and months of how to be continually filled. Not just, you know, in the morning we say a few prayers and at night we read our Bible, but throughout the day, the reason you need to be continually filled is because your charge, you know, your spiritual your charge on this thing drains as you use it. Is that right? Your spiritual charge drains throughout the day as well. And if you're not careful by the end of the day, all you're left with is you and you ain't much good. You need God. He's good. So the more of God you have, the better you're going to be, better person. People are going to want to be around you. And uh, because uh, you, you, you are manifesting the life and the power of God in and through you. We are made, we said, body, soul, and spirit. Three parts. But most of our focus is on the body. How many of you looked in the mirror this morning? And there's a lot of you who should have. Okay. You looked in the mirror because our huge focus is the body. But let me read you a quote that I found the other day, which says this, um, no amount of time, <laughs> here we go, looking in the mirror will make you as attractive as being filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow. 
You want to be attractive to people? You young people are still single, still looking for that, all you older people are still single, looking for that right person? <laughs> Get filled with the Holy Spirit. And that will make you a very attractive person. They'll crowd, you know, they'll be lining up for your attention. All right, so uh, you can focus on the body, but I suggest the Holy Spirit. That's why people were drawn to Jesus. Didn't matter what he said. He was filled with the Spirit. He was so attractive to people. They loved him. Even when he said words that were really tough, you know, repent, get right, you know, all that sort of, they still loved him because he was filled. He was so attractive. You know, make yourself attractive to people. Make, well, first of all, make yourself attractive to God. So being filled with the Holy Spirit is just such an important thing. Um, we mentioned last week about this man that had these two dogs within him. And by the way, you've got two dogs in you. One wants to live for God, you know, pray, worship, come to church, live right, you know, all the rest of it, read the Bible. But then there's this other dog in you that wants to uh, live like the devil, doesn't want to be in church, doesn't want to pray, wants to look at the wrong things, you know, wants to swear and curse and cheat and lie and all the rest of it. These two dogs are in you and they're fighting because it's a carnal man and the spiritual man. Hey, none of us are exempt. Tell the person next to you there's two dogs in you. <laughs> yeah. So here's my question. Here's my question. This last week, this last week, which dog did you feed the most? Come on, give yourself an honest answer. Which one? How much time was there in prayer and the word and worship and seeking God and how much doing your own thing? Because that's, that will determine which one you fed the most. And we need to learn to feed the spiritual man within us. And uh, we mentioned uh, one of the ways to be filled with the Holy Spirit last week was you've got to empty yourself. I wonder if I ask the question, how many hoarders in this place? You know, you just, you know, you just keep things. You don't Someone was asked the other day a while ago, you know, what do you do with your old clothes? <laughs> he said, I wear them. <laughs> Just a hoarder, you know. And some of you need to, you know, uh, get some stuff out of the closet. You need to clean out a few closets, a few wardrobes, and maybe your pantry. I don't know what you, you need. You need to what? Declutter. Come on, it's time to declutter. It's time to declutter your life. Come and empty it out a bit and make room for the Holy Spirit. Make room for God in your life. So you can know His power flowing in and through you. Declutter. Everyone say declutter. Look, our lives are full of too much stuff. <laughs> we need to empty it out a bit, you know, and make room for God. How many of you would like more of God in your life? Anybody? Any up for that? Yeah. Well, make some room. Yeah. Come on, make some room. Tell the person next to you, make some room for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> some people say, why do you ask people to talk to each other during services? Oh, it's very simple, to keep them awake. I know what people are like. They fall asleep. They ask him, what did he say to say to the other? What? <laughs> no, we need to declutter ourselves. All right, let's go to Luke 7, 20 to 29. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart or inner being will flow rivers of living water. This he spoke concerning the spirit those believing in him would receive. So out of us should flow what? Rivers of living water. Not just a little trickle. So I've got a couple of photos that I think are going to come up for you on the screen there. So that's the Kari Kari Falls. That's not, not bad, is it? That's more than a trickle there. But let's go to the next one. We want to be there. That's what you want. There's the Niagara Falls. Come on. Come on, church. Rivers. Rivers of living water. 
not just a faint little trickle that's not going to make much difference, which is better than nothing. You want the Niagara Falls. You want this surge of power flowing through you. And that you are designed for this. And I'll show you a little bit of how you've been designed for that today. So to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know one of the basic things you've got to do? Ask. Ask. Just ask him. I wonder when the last time you did it, when you asked the Holy Spirit, would you fill me? I wonder if you did it today, yesterday, last week. Because if you didn't do it, it probably didn't happen. You have not because you ask not. So here we go, Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Isn't that simple? You know, Christianity is not rocket science, friends. You don't need a degree. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to go to Bible school for five years. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You just got to do some very basic, simple things. Ask. So right now, I want you to, in your unbelief, just say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Go on, just ask him. Guess what? He will. He will. Because he's a God who says, if you ask, I will answer. Call unto me and I'll answer thee and show you great and mighty things. So a very simple thing is to ask. Now, I'm the master of the ask. You know, if, if I'm traveling somewhere and I don't know which way to go, I'm not like most men, I'll just ask. I'll ask someone, which way do I, how do I get to north or south or wherever, like those two ladies should have done going down out of COVID-19 thing. They, they should have asked. Well, eventually they did, but that was a mistake as well. So it's very complicated. All right, all right. But ask, you've got to ask. So... How many of you men are good at asking for directions when you're traveling? Men, I said. <laughs> All these ladies are putting their hands up. All right. No, no, men. <laughs> All right, I was going to say something there, but I better be careful. This is online. All right. It's going to shine. It's going all over the place. So anyway, um, I'm the master of the asking. So, you know, if I'm in a store, I'll ask, you know, where's this and where's that? You know, where's the lemon meringue pie? I'm not going to waste my time going up and down the aisles. I'm just going to ask someone because my time is valuable. Anyone else got valuable time? Learn to ask. But you've got to be a bit humble to ask. Don't you, eh? I'm too proud to ask. Oh, no, I know the way. <laughs> you end up in Kai Tai or something. Sorry, Kai Tai. No offense. There's nothing wrong with being in Kai Tai. All right. <laughs> All right. Ask. Everyone say ask. I mean, how, how simple is that? And uh, I wonder how many of you weren't very bright at school. Don't put your hands up. <laughs> There's some hands starting to shoot up all over the place. Very responsive congregation. This. Fantastic. Well, guess what? Guess what? You're in touch with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's a genius. He's a genius. All right, so start connecting with the Holy Spirit, and you're going to end up a genius. And, you know, people who thought you were thick as two planks, they're going to be shocked and think, like, wow, what happened to you? You just got connected to the genius. You need to connect to the genius because you ain't smart enough. I'm not smart enough. Why work with your own smarts when there's a genius available to you to fill you, to flow through you, and to shock the people around you? Come and ask. Ask. I don't care what your role, responsibility in life. If you start to ask the Holy Spirit to help, He will take you to another level. He'll give you creative ideas. He'll give you insight. He'll give you strategies. He'll give you understanding. He is a genius. Ask. Be the master of the ask. All right. Don't be thick as two planks any longer. 
The greatest prayer you can learn to pray to God is as you wish. In other words, Lord, not my will be done, but your will be done. I've read that if that was the only prayer you ever prayed, you would step into extraordinary blessing. As you wish, God, whatever you say, I'm ready to do it. So when a person falls in love at first, <coughs> they're always saying, as you wish, honey. Can we go to the ballet? <laughs> You're not interested at all, but you just say, honey, as you wish. <laughs> Can I buy this expensive jewelry? You're thinking, as you wish, honey. Because <laughs> when you say, as you wish, what are you saying? You're saying, I love you. When you say, as you wish to God, you're saying to God, I love you. The sad thing with uh, that love relationship before you got married, then you got married, and years have gone by, the as you wish gets less and less, and it becomes more as I wish. <laughs> Anyone know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about. Not, honey, not your will be done, honey. It's my will now, okay? Now that we're married, the ring is on the finger. <laughs> the as you wish is gone. <laughs> it's out the door. But with God, the more you know him, the more you say, as you wish. And the less you say, as I wish. Because that relationship grows and grows and grows. And eventually you become a as you wish person. So, some of these thoughts I'm sharing with you are from John Ortberg. And they say, the heart of fellowship with God is as you wish. And Jesus is the greatest example who said, not my will be done, but yours be done. And the Holy Spirit flowed through him in unhindered power. Yeah. You see, as you wish is the stream through which God can flow in his power. Every time you say, as you wish, God's spirit begins to flow in and through your life. It's a very, very powerful thing that we need to learn to do. You know, when you have a thought to send someone an encouraging email, just say to God, as you wish. Because sometimes you have that thought, but you don't follow through on it. You know, every time you have that thought, I should listen to this person a bit longer, even though I'm in real hurry. Say, God, as you wish, and then do it. You see, these promptings are like small surges of spirit power within you. It's like a little current that's saying, it's a prompt, do this. And I think if you learn to do that in the smallest areas, it will grow into the bigger areas. Developing that ability to repeatedly say, because, see, our hearts are always assuming two postures every day hundreds of times a day it's either your will be done as you wish or my will be done as i wish and we do this all throughout the day we do it many times a day and the challenge if you want the spirit of god to flow through you more and more is to increasingly learn to say as you wish so dying to self, not my will be done, Lord, but your will be done. Anne Lamont 
says these great words. She says, the Gulf Stream can pass through a straw if the straw aligns itself with the Gulf Stream. So I've got all these straws here today. And the thought is this, the Gulf Stream has powerful currents, wind currents, very powerful. But the thought is they can just pass through even a little straw if that straw aligns with the Gulf Stream. You see, you and I are the straw. The universe is packed with the power of God. When you align your life with God, His power flows through the straw. His power flows through your life. But the key is you've got to be aligned with the God of heaven. How do you align? You're saying, not my will be done, Lord, but your will be done. Not as I wish, Lord, but as you wish. Friends, the power is all there. The power is all there. You just got to align yourself. You're the straw. Align with the will of God. Align your life. As you increasingly align with God, the power of the Holy Spirit will increasingly flow in and through your life in extraordinary and an amazing way. The Gulf Stream, because the, straw, the, 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 the power can flow through the straw if it's aligned with the Gulf Stream. So that's one of the challenges that we need to work out in our lives. And we need to ask God to help us to want to say as you wish. It says in Philippians 2 verse 13, uh, as God, it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. So God works in you to will to do his good pleasure. God works in you to align with the Gulf Stream, to align with God so his power can flow in and through you. See, if we're just living our own lives, doing our own things, friends, the power is not gonna flow the way we want it to do. But when we align with God, it's gonna flow. And I guess Jesus was probably the greatest example of being aligned with God. We'll come back to that very shortly because I want to give you a science lesson. Anyone do science during school? I'm ready to do, my time is going so fast. Okay, we're gonna rush through this. Okay, here's this. <laughs> In electricity, a conductor is willing to let go and let electrons flow easily from one atom to another. So there's a generosity of spirit in a conductor. A resistor is unwilling to let go and hangs on to electrons, clings to the status quo. Now, the conductor experiences great power, but it's not its own power. It doesn't generate its own power. It just flows through it from the power source. And there's enough, if it allows enough current to flow through it, it'll, bring, it'll transform darkness into light. That's what a conductor can do. But a resistor, on the other hand, never experiences much power. See, resistor's prayer is this. My will be done as I wish. It's a resistance. Conductor's prayer is, your will be done as you wish. And God is looking for conductors who will say throughout the day, as you wish. Your will be done, not my will be done. So in the Bible, you're gonna find this, that the uh, people with the most outward power were often resistors. And those who were kind of insignificant, lesser, were often conductors. So we think of uh, Pharaoh had tremendous power in Egypt, but he was a resistor. But Moses, on the other hand, insignificant with his you know, failings and foibles and all the stuff he did wrong, he was a conductor, and God flowed through him and set a nation free. 
So when you align the straw with the Gulf Stream, God's power is going to start to flow through you in remarkable ways. Your greatest challenge in life is to get aligned with the will of God, the plan of God, the call of God upon your life. And as you do that, Holy Spirit power will flow through you because you're aligned. You get power to do the will of God. You don't get power to do your own will. You get it to do the will of God. Align with the will of God and watch the Holy Spirit power flood through you in ways that you had never expected before. You know, we say, God, send the power, send the power, fill me with power. And God is saying, get a line, get a line, get a line. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro across the earth, looking for someone whose heart is fully devoted to him. Get fully devoted to him and watch the power flow through your life. Align the straw with the Gulf Stream of God's omnipotent power. See, David, well, Saul, King Saul in the Old Testament, He was powerful, head and shoulders above everybody, but he was a resistor. He resisted. He didn't obey God. David, with his unimaginable foibles and failings and immorality and murder and lying, and despite that, he was a conductor, and God flowed through him in immense power, became a man after God's own heart, one of Israel's greatest leaders. Become a conductor, friends. Don't be a resistor. Don't say, my will be done. Say, God, as you wish. Why don't we say that together? As you wish. Yeah, make that a regular prayer throughout the day. Okay. Yeah, they say that Jesus was the ultimate conductor. It said in the Gospels alone, John's Gospel, 47 times, it says that in one way or another, it says he was under God's orders. 47 times, just in the Gospel of John. All day he was saying to the Father, as you wish, as you wish. That's how he lived out his life. And the power of God flowed through him in an immense and wonderful ways. So there was a preacher who did an experiment, and he got a, here's a, I've got a jar of pickles here, sun harvest, bread and butter, cucumbers. Well, they're pickles anyway. So anyone here like pickles? Yeah, mostly up the front rows, all right? Okay. <laughs> What's it like at the back there? Is it Burger King? <laughs> McDonald's? I don't know. Hey, but anyway, what he did is he got a pickle out and <laughs> didn't get into a pickle. He got a pickle out and he connected these wires to it. He had some electrician there to make sure it didn't burn the building down. And he said, once, once they got some current flowing through the pickle, it, they turned all the lights out in the house and it glowed. It glowed. Think about this. If a pickle can glow, (laughs) what about you? (laughs) Connect to the Holy Spirit and start to glow. Say to the person next to you, hi, pickle. (laughs) The reality is, no no offense intended, but you're a bunch of pickles, to be honest. (laughs) But hey, connect to the Holy Spirit and start to glow. Start to glow. Come on. Let's do this. Next time you feel insignificant, remember the pickle. God can flow and glow through a pickle. He can glow and flow through you. doesn't matter how insignificant you think you are. Don't minimize ourselves. God doesn't need much, and you ain't much. You know what I'm saying.
None of us are much. He just needs a vessel that will align with the Gulf Stream, that will align with God, that He might flow through you in power and great glory. It's time for the church to align with God. No longer my will be done. No longer as I wish, but God, your will be done as you wish. And watch what God will do. Glow like a pickle. <laughs> In church history, the Holy Spirit flowed through the most unlikely people. Cheat like Zacchaeus. Rahab a prostitute. Jephthah born on the wrong side of the tracks. John Newton a slave trader, blasphemer, a moral man. That's how God flows through. Most unlikely people. You are a very good candidate. You really are. And so am I. We don't have to be much. See, it's not about who you are. It's all about who God is. It's not about your power flowing. It's about God's power flowing. All he needs is a vessel. That's all he needs. A vessel. That's aligned with the will of God. You know, the key to flowing in Holy Spirit power is less dependence on our own ability and much greater dependence on the Holy Spirit. We need to develop a posture of dependence. And as I thought about this, this is what I thought. When you're standing up, it's like, I can do this. You're full strength. You you feel fighting. You're always going to be standing. But a posture of dependence is like this. Dependence. Saying, God, I can't do this. I need your help. And friends, I believe we're coming in a time where we need to be more on our knees. I've got a suggestion for you. For five minutes a day, get on your knees and just say, God, I need you. God, help me to align with your will. George Mueller, they said, read the Bible through 200 times on his knees. There's some great leader, reformers in the past. They said, if you go to their prayer room, there's dents in the the floors, uh, in the the wooden floors, where their knees rested night and day. Yongi Cho built the greatest church in the world as he spent days and hours on his knees asking the Holy Spirit to help him. Friends, we need to get on our knees more and more. Around the world, people are doing a knee for Black Lives Matter. You see it on sports fields. You see crowds, thousands and thousands, they're doing a knee. But friends, I'm here to say to you today that doing a knee, I'm not against it, but it's not going to change hearts. And I wonder if there's a message to the church in this. It's time to do two knees. Before the almighty God. Because two knees will restore power to the church. That will change the hearts of men and women. That will begin to deal with racial issues and every other injustice that we're talking about. The heart of the human problem is the human heart. And we need to change the heart, friends. 
the church of Jesus Christ has always and only ever advanced on its knees. There is no other way. Church, wherever you're watching, listening today, it's time to bow the knee, the knees to Jesus Christ and watch his power flow through us unhindered, unrestricted, and unrestrained. And we're bowing two knees for the greatest cause on the planet, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that alone can transform humanity and our broken and our lost world. Friends, as I wrap this up, as we surrender our lives to God, as we say over and over and over again, as you wish. If that was the only prayer you prayed for the rest of your life, it would step you into a whole new world of God's presence, power, and glory. This is not rocket science, it's not complicated. Align the straw with the Gulf Stream, the powerful currents of the Gulf Stream. Better still, align your life with the Gulf Stream of all Gulf Streams, with the power of all powers, the power of the Holy Spirit. He's ready to flow through you. Just align yourself increasingly to him. And as we do that, friends, the church will be restored to a place of great power and glory, transforming lives, transforming community, transforming nations. Bodies will be healed, captives will be set free, mountains will be moved. Lives transformed. And with that, the church will rise to its finest hour. This is our time to rise and shine. Gross darkness is covering the earth, but the glory of the Lord will rise upon his church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.